Here by the Owl podcast is a podcast for owlets and wise owls alike. Join hosts Nikki Fiddle-Eye-Doll and Brianna Briegel along with rotating owls from across the country as they discuss what it takes to advise from time to time. Our podcast is fueled by the true knowledge from empowering agricultural education instructors and ripen with the wisdom you will never learn in a textbook. back to another episode of Here by the Owl podcast. We're so excited to be here with our friend Brian. Brian, why don't you get started by introducing yourself and a little sure. bit about your program. Yeah, so yeah, thank you guys for letting me come on. Um, I've seen some of the other names you guys have had on this podcast itself. I don't know if I live up to the hype of all of that. However, uh, I'm Brian Welch. I teach out of Kentucky, so the beautiful bluegrass and bourbon state of Kentucky. Uh, Madisonville North Hopkins High School is the school that I've been teaching at for the last five years, uh, but I, this is my sixth year total of teaching. Um, our program itself, we've got a two-teacher program. Uh, Student-wise, we've got, uh, I think, as of right now, 216-ish unduplicated numbers out of about a thousand students. So size-wise, we're anywhere from 20 to 25 percent of our student population. But uh, we've got the construction horticulture and animal sciences are our three main focuses as far as the um, different pathways that we offer and uh, as far as FFA we have you know usually about a hundred or so kids in that. Awesome and Brian you were just a premier chapter finalist for your awesome project we were just talking about before we started recording, um, but the battle of the sex is the bedroom build-off. So why don't you kind of explain what that project was and and how you kind of got started with it. Sure, yeah. So we were super fortunate. I know, you know, Nikki was up there as well with us there that session, but we um, had the project of the Battle of the Bed or Battle of the Sexes Bedroom Build Off, you know, kind of talks in its name what it was about. We basically wanted to have the opportunity for our students to build a few bedroom sets of furniture and then to make it a little bit more competitive and to try to pull in some more non-traditional female students into like that construction mindset, we went ahead and did a battle of the sexes contest. And so we had two groups, a male group and a female group, and they each were responsible for building a full-size bed, a dresser, and a nightstand. Uh, once we built those, we set those up in our school lobby to kind of give like that furniture feel of like a furniture store, getting to walk through that and see their project like all in the limelight there. Uh, but the biggest impact of this is that we actually donated all of that furniture out to students through our youth service center. And so I know for here in Kentucky, we've got quite a few youth service centers for each school. I'm not sure how that is nationally, but you know, as a teacher, if you haven't taken the opportunity or have the chance to actually go out with your youth service center director, they're the people who help to make sure with like a backpack food program that students are getting fed over the weekend that they have, you know, the needs that they need met. Uh, the very first trip that I had gone on with them, which kind of spearheaded this mindset of the project, uh, was a student that, yeah, I had him in class, and the guy was like, hey, we've got this bed we need help delivering because I'm an ag teacher with a truck, so therefore, naturally, I help to deliver a lot of things for people. But I went out to the student's house, and as soon as I walked in the door, they had no floor. They had a subfloor, and you could see the glue where the floor had been at one point, but other than that, as you walked across it, they had that nasty blue texture. As we went to set up the bed, I had my knee down, and they're like, oh, watch out, Mr. Welch, because the dog had just peed right beside my knee. 
And as soon as I left that house, like nobody had tried to clean that up or anything like that. Later finding out the student was sleeping on an actual pallet with a blanket. And so the big purpose of this community service project for me was to go and help a lot of these other students. And unfortunately my kids couldn't see that side of us delivering that bed. We got to kind of share the stories afterwards because you know uh, we didn't want to emphasize what student was actually getting it. Um, but as far as the impact and the rationale as to why working with those students to use service and letting our students, our actual FFA members have the chance to make a big difference like that in our community was kind of the big highlight of this whole thing. Yeah, I'm sure many of you listening have a project of some sort that you do where your kids don't get to see the back end of it. You know, even a, you know, a donation to your food pantry, many times kids don't get to see where that stuff is going because of confidentiality and, um, but us as teachers usually see, uh, see the impact that the kids don't. And so um, I think that's, it's pretty powerful and just reminding them that they are making an impact whether they see it or not. I mean, it's changing lives every day. Um, so these kids built these beds. First off, like, do you have a skill? Like, is this, is carpentry like a skill of yours? Cause I, I want to do this, but I don't know if I can build a bed. <laughs> so is, <laughs> is that your comfort level? Like is, is woodworking? Uh, so my grandfather was a pretty big carpenter back in the day. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't really take on any of those like opportunities to sit in the shop with him until he passed away. But as soon as that had happened, I was like, man, I really wish I would have done this. So I kind of went head first into a bunch of different things on a personal note. Right now, I've got a buddy and I, we're building bourbon barrel furniture. So again, that Kentucky theme there, uh, but as far as like some chairs, some shelves and things like that. And so, you know, furniture making is not necessarily out of my comfort zone in and of itself. Um, but with that, you shared the exact same emotions that all of my students did throughout this entire process. And so especially the girls, every single time they would make a cup, like, oh, this is not going to stand together. This is not going to hold any sort of weight. <laughs> so the big awe moment at the end was whenever we got to have Mr. Welch stand on every single cross beam of like where the mattress goes and all of that. And it's like, look, it's going to hold my weight on just this one beam. You better believe some people can actually sleep in these things. And so that was a big moment for them. Um, but if you are interested in this, it's honestly not as bad as you would think. Um, there's lots of plans out there that you're more than welcome to steal from. In fact, there's a, an organization you can look up. It's called Sleep in Heavenly Peace or something like that. And basically, they're a chapter that will build some very basic beds. So it's not through FFA, it's just through a community service project. Uh, and they've got plans and stuff that you can also steal from them. But uh, yeah, as far as this, you know, I've got a little bit of a, an insight in the background of my mind and was able to allow my students, they actually had to design their own furniture. And so in their groups, they actually split off, like five people were in charge of the bed, four people were in charge of the nightstand, and whoever else was left in charge of the dresser. And so they had to design it themselves, which is a lot of extra pressure there. But I, but I have faith fabulous. in you, Nikki. You can definitely do that. Well... I have a community development class. So any of you listening that teach that, I think that's what we're going to do. And I'm so excited to share it with my kids uh, and, and share your guys' success with it. But that being said, what were your goals? Like you and your kids had to sit down and, and plan out your goals for this project. Kind of brief highlight of what those goals were. Yeah. So the biggest uh, goal for us is really to build the bedroom sets of furniture so we wanted to make sure that we had a full set to be able to donate out to, pe donate out to people. Uh, in the past, we had just built beds, but the students were very much so like, hey, look, no, we want this to be like a full bedroom 
there and taken care of. And so that was our first big goal, um, along with the fact that we wanted to have a males versus females. And so as soon as I had that competitive aspect, everything else started to fuel fire from there. We, for a second goal, wanted to try to get some things donated so we can have a bigger impact. We looked at the cost of what lumber would be and whatnot, and we purchased all of our lumber for this first go around, not knowing how successful we would be uh, to try to like take donations from the community. Uh, but once we had those beds, we had some students go out and they actually helped us to get a mattress for both bedroom sets. Uh, we tried to go to Walmarts to get some bedding donated, but I think the students went a little bit too late on that one because they have to have it like a month in advance for approval and all that. So the second one was to partner with the community, try to get some supplies. And then the last one was just for us to be able to promote it and really showcase the students' hard work. They were really uh, wanting to be successful and then be able to say like, hey, I actually did this. And so their goal was to have a Facebook post with like 200 likes on it. Uh, so we ended up exceeding that pretty easily. Uh, we had like 400 likes and 100 shares. And, and so those were kind of the big goals, you know, the first two really towards a project, and the last one allowing students to kind of, you know, be happy and proud of the work that they've done there. So. so, and I already mentioned, obviously, you are Premier Chapter finalist. Um, but what was that process kind of like? First, I guess, was this your first time being a Premier Chapter finalist? And then what was the process like for you and your, your chapter this year? Yeah, so it was the first time. Actually, this time last year, um, we were a three-star chapter for like the second time. Um, and so we were sitting in the audience, as you guys have, I'm sure seen, and you've got those 10 schools on stage and you get to see their projects. My students, I would like nudge them in the elbow, work my elbow and be like, hey, one of these years, that's gonna be us. And so we were very fortunate this year that it was us. We didn't get to stand on stage or whatever else, but um, so, you know, we've kind of been thinking through this process and having them with that target in mind. Um, but once we saw our name announced, like, honestly forgot all about it because of COVID, as far as us getting the opportunity to even be part of this, because again, we've never done it before. And so as soon as my state person, he emailed me and said, hey, check out the FFA's link there. And then I did. And then I saw Madisonville North with all these other schools from all did across the country. Did you freak out? Like, please tell me you screamed. Oh, of course. Of course I did. Maybe some tears shed out of excitement and joy oh my gosh. And like all these emotions. Those of you listening that are like junkies with national chapter and premier chapter, I was in an airport the first time we've ever, so this is our second time. I was in an airport when I found out there were maybe some inappropriate, inappropriate words said, and I was jumping up and down screaming. And I'm not sure how they let me on that plane because I was like, so it's just so exciting and it's hard for the community and people to know what that means because like what I explained to my kids last week um those that really don't get to see the back end of it this is an award that takes a year at least mm -hmm. to even prepare I mean it's so hard for them to grasp how amazing it is and how big of a deal it is they kept asking well how many people did you beat right yep. like hundreds They're like like hundreds where I'm like all over like so and then they right. kept asking what place did you get and so for them it's really hard to, for them to grasp too that either you know your top 10 or you know your first place so mm -hmm. we yeah, all like I, to say we tied for a second <laughs> that's exactly right and I think that's exactly how it went this year too I even emailed one of the staff members from National FFA because I was very impressed with how national convention session went in the grand scheme of things. I was like, hey, look, 
I was just going to check if we could get our results. And then she's like, no, unfortunately not. I was like, well, you know, thank you guys for all your hard work. I assume that just means that we all tied for second, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, heck yes, you did. And so I was like, all right, good deal. So, but no, I agree. It was a super exciting moment. I, I agree with you as well. It can be sometimes hard for us to really promote this within our own community. So you start throwing out those numbers. And so I use the thing that we were top 10 out of, you know, almost 9,000 chapters because there's almost 9,000 chapters in the U.S. and all this and trying to get your administrators on board with that, you know, getting to hear those things, I think kind of helps out. But, but yeah, no, student-wise, we were fortunate having shown this display and anytime you can get your students to see what the project actually was, if it was kind of one of those, like with a small group of students that nobody got to help see publicized, then it's kind of harder for the community to understand that or even mm -hmm. kids to understand that. Um, anytime I would talk about it to my classes, it'd be like, hey, you guys remember those bedroom sets of furniture we had in the lobby last year? That's why we're top 10. And they're like, oh my gosh, that so makes sense. And so, you know, anytime you can really promote yourself, I know it's hard as an ag teacher to really market yourself sometimes, but definitely a vital yeah. component there. So you saw your name on the list, you freaked out, then you had to realize like, okay, game face, because you had 14 days from that moment. <laughs> I know that because that's yep. me. 14 days from that moment to get prepared. So what did your kids have to do um, to prepare for their their virtual competition? Right. Yeah, well, not only like the 14 days, but 14 days with constant COVID changing restrictions there. And so I don't know about your all's video, but like we couldn't have two students standing within six feet, meaning that we couldn't have them in one video. And so we had to try to work all of those kinks out as well. Um, we ended up working really well with one of our art teachers who does a lot of video stuff but you know at the end of the day they had to come up with a eight minutes speech basically working together yet not together on this eight minute speech and then um, really trying to get them to understand the rubric as far as what do they need to try to highlight in order for us to be a little bit more successful in the video itself and so um, you know the big thing was just trying to a also narrow down to those two kids you thought would be really good at it um, as a teacher's perspective and see which two would be willing to go for it. Um, but beyond that, you know, just the struggles of, for us, like I've said, getting students to make the video with the COVID restrictions in that 14 day window, because by the time your speech is written, you've got about three days left to actually shoot this video, I feel like. And especially with you guys having two there, that would make it even harder, I feel like. But I think I called Brianna like 15 million times and like, <laughs> was bouncing ideas off of her because you don't know and that rubric is vague and it's vague for a mm -hmm. reason. Right. Brianna got to judge and she's going to talk about that. I judged as well a different category and uh, it's so hard. Yeah. I don't I don't know what Brianna what your thoughts are but dang they're good and like everybody did well in a different part and I don't know mm -hmm. like we can't talk too much specifics but I will say that the top 10 were a top 10 for a reason and uh, it was so hard to pick. Um, it was so hard to pick. And we as judges only judged by ourselves. So then you had other judges mm -hmm. judging the same category. So you never really knew how they scored it. And so although I judged, it was still a surprise to me to see who won because right. I, it might not be who I had picked. And so it's just, I mean, all... All the ag teachers who had somebody in the top 10, you deserve a week off because I know the stress, Brian knows the stress, but 
Um, Brianna, before we move on, I guess, what were your thoughts on judging? And do you feel like for somebody who's interested in doing better or, you know, moving their national chapter application to the next level, do you think by judging you, you've got some, some tip, tips and tricks for you moving forward? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Nikki and I both judged like national chapter applications this earlier this summer. So we were part of that process that selected or, you know, kind of helped select, I guess, for one star, two star and three star. And then um, I think we talked about it on a different podcast episode, but basically to be selected as a premier chapter, your application has to get flagged basically saying like this is a cool idea it's unique it's innovative and then those ones that get flagged go on to a second set of judges which I didn't help with that I don't know if you did Nikki if you were part of that second no um so then there was a second round of judges that that helped select that top 10 um so I was a premier chapter like the finalist judge this year I wasn't in any of the categories that Nikki was in because Obviously, you can't be in the same one as someone from your state. Yeah, if you ever judge like agri-science, national chapter um, proficiencies, you'll never judge anybody from your own state ever. So that it's nice because it gives you the opportunity to still be able to to judge in some capacity as well. So, but yeah, judging I think gives a really good perspective both on like what an application should look like. But then I think it also allows me now as an advisor to be able to show my students, obviously I can't show the videos, but show my students like these are the ideas that made the top 10. So when we're thinking about planning for the upcoming year and sometimes students have kind of a weird sense of like what's innovative. So, oh, well, let's do a food drive. Well, food drives are great, but that let's try to take it to the next level or, or make it a little bit more unique if our goal is to be a premier chapter, I guess. Um, but yeah, my judging experience, it was pretty cool to be able to watch the videos and actually be able to judge this year because normally in the past, obviously we're all at convention and we're busy and, and that's not really a possibility. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had so many chapters that were like so close, like a point or two, because they're all amazing. Like for one, it's an amazing idea to get to the top 10, um, but everyone's video was awesome. And it, it was cool to see how everyone adapted. Like you said, you couldn't have two students be in the same video and right, yeah. other chapters were that same way to kind of see how everyone was able to adapt and, and still come up with a pretty awesome submission. Yeah, and just the perseverance. I mean, we were pretty lucky we were face to face. Uh, one of my set of prese presenters were siblings, so huh. I didn't have to worry about uh, them being too close to each other. Um, but we have a lot less restrictions than I think some other states. And unfortunately, some chapters that were finalists were also in states that had wildfires and had, you know, those barriers too. And so just the perseverance of all of those chapters that uh, in those in those short 14 days, along with everything else, was still able to submit a high quality presentation. Uh, and, and most of it comes from just a solid foundation of a great project and a, and a, and a great national chapter uh, application. And if those kids are involved in that process, I mean, that's gonna come through on the video. So uh, Brian, what, it, what are some tips for you? First time premier chapter, 
what are what are some things that you you even jotted down for yourself to remember next year when you're up on that stage again? Yeah, yeah. Well, the big thing for us is always the goals as far as trying to make sure that they're as student driven as they possibly can uh, can be. And this is something that a tip from another teacher here in Kentucky had given us whenever she had done a workshop over it a couple of years ago. Um, even if it's as simple as you know make, trying to get those donations from Walmart have a student go out and do that instead and let that student be the one that kind of shines through. Because um, I think from what I've heard from the national level there, the more student driven as well, like you were just saying, it's kind of easy for you guys to see on that level. But um, for me, uh, big things that, you know, just like you were talking about, Brianna, um, is that we can have so many ideas just shared through this contest. Whenever I was sitting there at national convention last year and telling kids, hey, listen to this idea, listen to this idea. What do you think about this? What do you think about this? You know, that's a great way to start pulling some new activities that you guys can do. Because uh, even if your kids kind of like spearhead off of somebody else's, it's always a great opportunity there. Um, for us, moving forward, like I said, we kind of just lucked into it. I feel like as far as we just happen to have those three really cool projects in the building community section there, uh, as we move forward and kind of push to it. Um, this year for us, being a COVID year, we are all about community service. We've had of our like five events that we've been approved for, four of those were all about community service. And so um, as far as for us, moving forward, uh, trying to get kids to, again, focus on those goals and really make it an impactful event. Focusing on what the community actually needs versus what we want the community to need is also a really big thing. And so it might be really cool for us to try a project like you guys were doing, uh, Nikki, with the, the dog poison stuff. But if we don't have that in our community as far as them needing that, then maybe it doesn't really benefit us as much as it did you guys um and then you know just I lastly, think if that that is powerful like pause the podcast write down what brian <laughs> just said and share that with your kids because we do we get so caught up in sometimes the coolest of the cool projects mm -hmm. but if it's not something your community needs or if it's not something your kids are into it's just not the best to do that project yes um and it's impactful when your kids are inspired by a project and they can like move forward. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't remember who I was telling. I have an eighth grader who wanted to start a service project and we just finished it and he wanted to collect socks. Okay. Not my project. I guess I don't know if I would have ever picked it, but he really wanted it. And he had a fire lit under him about collecting socks. And I kid you not, we just tallied it up today. His goal was a hundred, but this was such a passion of his that we have over 1200 pairs of socks. That's so, awesome. wow. but if it was, if the tables were turned, if I was passionate about it, we, we would have got a hundred socks. We probably wouldn't have gotten 1200 mm -hmm. because if I would have said here, child, here's this project, <laughs> do, do what I want you to do. He would have done it and he would have got the hundred and we would, you know, we would have mm -hmm. been done. So, um, you, you hit the nail on the head there. And I think that's hard with national chapter and premier chapter because sometimes we see what others are doing and it's not what others are doing. It's what does your community need? So um, write that down, put it in, on a sticky note with your national chapter planning and your POA planning documents for your kids because you're going to need to go back to that um, for sure. Yeah. Now, this is a little off script. That's just how we work, I guess. Um, <laughs> how are you, Brianna and I were talking about this the other day, just her and I, how are you 
as an advisor, helping your kids plan activities during this time. We're yeah, so struggling. Oh yeah, no, like this year has been a huge, huge, like, I don't know, struggle. Just in general, just like you're saying, with having to try, I don't know about you guys, a lot of Kentucky schools are on what we consider a hybrid method. And so we've got students that are 100% virtual, we've got students that are here Monday, Tuesday, some that are here Thursday, Friday, and we've got to try to juggle all those pieces together and make sure they all get some type of education. And so for us, it's kind of been a matter of, we're fortunate to have a lot of senior officers this year that can say, hey, this is an event we would like to try to do. I'll go, I'll work on the school end this year as far as saying, hey, Mr. Harris, my principal, can we please do this type of thing? And if he says no, then no. Uh, but otherwise, trying to get, you know, those groups of students and more or less like you said with your sock kid there, push this on them and say, hey, you guys want this done? This is your senior year. Let's make sure this happens right. That way you have some positive notes for this year um, and then try to get them to go from there. Like I've said, at this point in the year, we usually have about 15 events, I feel like. Um, we've had about five, and so therefore we've had to cut way back on what we've been able to do. And so it's a matter of, at the same time, really focusing all of your efforts instead of being spread out on those 15, really narrow your focus and give you 100% now to those five events. Um, and not to worry about if you didn't get to do X, Y, or Z this year, because you really did well on that one event that was super impactful. And so me, I'm in the mindset right now, it's like, look, whatever happens, happens. COVID restrictions are changing every single day. Tomorrow we'll probably be told, hey, you guys can't go back to school. And then Tuesday we'll be told, oh, yeah, come back to school. It's okay. And so, you know, you got to live with the punches there and you know, roll with the punches, I guess. And so for me, focus on what you can do as far as our mindset with Madisonville North. Focus on what you can do. Don't worry about what you can't. And then just do the best you can. You know, everybody's circumstances here. So. Well, and I think too, like remembering that it's a unique year for everyone, like everyone has those struggles and for different reasons, like Nikki was talking about with the wildfires or um, not being able to be in school with your kids and having to plan for all virtual events or, you know, a million other things that we're all dealing with. So making the best of every situation that we have. And like you said, maybe just picking a few that you're going to make really impactful this year and just knowing that that's how it's going to be. I, if Aaron Anderson is listening, that's our state advisor. Last year at this, last year when we were having to like turn in our national chapter applications, I was sweating bullets because <laughs> March hit and we had, we were in the middle of a project and we had a project that was like our dog toy project was happening on a Monday in March that Friday before we had school and I was like prepped like we had judges coming in we had all the supplies the kids were pumped like I was I actually had my crap together like we were ready and we had coin counting that was about to happen for a different project and we never came to school Monday like Monday never came and so you know my kids and I had to sit down and you know thankfully we had some other some other things to fill some gaps that we had at the, the end of the year, like we had a robot project that never, never happened. Um, and so we filled some gaps there, but those of you listening, both Brian and I have goals in our premier chapter projects that were unmet. Mm -hmm. So don't think that, oh my gosh, I have to have this amazing, crazy project 
all the goals have to be just outstanding. We have to exceed them all. No, our, our dog toy project had two unmet goals hmm. out of three, but it's all about, you know, why was it unmet? How are you going to overcome that goal? Um, Brian, why don't you share, what was your goal that was unmet for you guys? So our goal that was unmet was the donations from people. And so, like I said, Walmart, we kind of went a little bit too late in the game for us to get donations from Walmart as far as sending our students out there. A big part of that was because we were very fortunate not to have been hit with COVID. We were in February when we actually did this project. So, but otherwise, um, we were really apprehensive as far as how successful we would be. And so we didn't want to say, oh, yeah, we're going to build these beds. They're going to be awesome. And then at the end of the day, then like not hold weight or then like fall apart or whatever else like that. And so we were a little hesitant on that. Um, some other goals that we just hadn't met would just be something as simple as um, like in this case, you know, the community partner fell through a little bit. Uh, but like you had said, it's just a matter of how you're going to adapt for the next year. And so our plan for now next year, if we do a project like this, is showing them the pictures of this year and saying, like, hey, this is what Madisonville North Hopkins can do. If you would like to be part of this project and help us increase that impact, then help us out in X, Y, Z way. And so, you know, learning from those mistakes and seeing what you can do next year and having that plan and really having a reason as to why you didn't do your goal, uh, I guess would also be a, another big thing there. So why it failed and understanding the why is a right. big thing, so. Well, that's what it's all about for your kids. And if they're creating mm -hmm. these goals, it's, I mean, it's not realistic if every, every project they have, they have goals that are met. Like it's right. not realistic because all of us, all three of us here have, you know, professional goals that we set for ourselves and there's professional goals that we don't meet all the time. And so uh, for them to see, you know, things aren't going to always be exceeded or met and how are you going to kind of, you know, like you said, Brian, roll with the punches and, and modify for the future. And so those of you listening, um, I mean, that's, First off, your goals don't have to be met to get Premier Chapter. They just, you just have to showcase why didn't you meet it and how would you overcome that in the future. Secondly, some of, sometimes less is more. Uh, my, my, our first Premier Chapters were for projects that I never thought would make it at all. We, we, if we would have put money down, it would have been for completely different projects. And so sometimes it's, it is the simple things that get noticed or uh, the things that you do innovatively that's different than other states. And uh, so don't count, don't count out some of your activities like they're not that cool because they really are. Uh, one of ours this year, we, we just made dog toys. I mean, <laughs> th that's really all we did. Uh, and it, it just so happened that the kids just made a lot of them and did a really nice job um, promoting it and writing the application and it went to a really cool program. And so it really wasn't that fancy. Uh, it was really easy to implement, but still just as powerful and deserving. And so I know there's so many chapters out there that maybe you're at the hump of two star and you're trying to get to three star. Uh, your projects are just as worthy to get up in the top 10. So keep pushing because um, yeah, we're just, we're just normal ag teachers just trying, trying to be on the national stage. So, so can all of you. Um, but that being said, I'm going to ask this selfishly because I'm very interested in doing this. What are, 
what are some some tips to implement a project like uh like yours so our specific projects again with making the furniture uh, the big thing is to a make sure anytime you're building a big project like this make sure it has a home so you know talk to your youth service center whoever else that might be for your community and be like don't just build 50 beds and let them sit in your ag shop for five years because that could happen very easily as well um, but you know the big thing is to a get your students really motivated about the project and what they're building if you've ever run a shop and anybody listening to this who's ever run a shop you've got like two speeds of students the speed of oh my gosh it's been 50 minutes and you just now have your safety glasses on versus them having already like built a home for somebody within like the 50 minute period there. And so if you can get your students motivated, like we've already talked about before, with what you're doing, um, that definitely helps out. For this one itself, you don't have to go big and elaborate to make the impact. Like I've said, there's that one group that's making beds, it's literally like four two by fours, which if you haven't looked, the cost of two by fours is like doubled in the past, you know, like two months there however you've got like four two by fours that are screwed together it doesn't take a lot of skill in order to get those built themselves there's not like some fancy joints to it but they're still impactful and you get to see the actual impact from their facebook page there um but yeah as far as this one the way that we got our interest is by a giving it a backstory of hey this is going to go to students in need and then we also made it competitive and i don't know about your all's agnet type kids or really any kid in general if you can make a competition out of it and they're going to go 100% into it just so they can beat anybody that they're competing against. If I said, hey, there's some random school in Florida that we're trying to compete against, then they're going to be like, well, we're going to beat Florida. We're Kentucky. Florida, they're not even in our rank right now. So, you know, so they just run with it. So, but yeah, so I don't know if that you answers know, any You're talking there. to the most competitive people right now. So, <laughs> like, this is, like, this is fake, and I'm already, like, I'm ready to build a bed. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. Well, good deal. So. <laughs> well, did you hear that, Brianna? There's not any fancy joints, so you should be able to do it. <laughs> That's right. Right. Okay. I also have to ask, what age of students did you do this with? Because I so, teach middle school. I don't think my middle schoolers would probably handle it, but. Hmm. You know, they could, you know, it just depends. Uh, dog beds might be where you go instead of human beds, just in case. But uh, so we have for our construction classes it's anywhere from sophomore to senior and so our program is just 9 through 12 anyway they have to take their principles or some sort of introductory course their first year and then after that they're allowed to and so we had students with a lot of experience and we had students with zero experience and in my years of teaching i've realized that i'd much rather work with those kids with zero experience really than anybody else because the ones who think they know it all will sometimes be the ones to make the very first mistakes so um, that's where the girls class or the girls group or class that we had there, they really helped out with it as far as, you know, they listened to all the advice that we had and then they made sure that everything was meticulously done to, you know, make a good bed. So. And they, so they staged it, right? Like they got oh, to yeah. pick, so they paint, did they pick their paint colors of their beds too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right in the very beginning, when we were trying to pick out what their bedroom sets would look like, I told them, said, hey, you guys need to make this cohesive. We don't want three random pieces of furniture in some kid's room. And so it needs to have the same style. And so, for example, the guys picked more of a rustic style. And so they had like the classic X on the headboard and they had other things like that. The girls' color scheme changed about 17 times <laughs> while we were doing this. They hated the color at the very end of this. Uh, up until 
one of the girls that was actually in our video went to Walmart to go get the bedding to finally pick out what she thought. She picked it out. She sent me a picture of it. I was like, mm, I don't think that looks very good. And then all of a sudden, as soon as we put it in the lobby, we had black curtains behind it to hide the ugly vending machines and concrete walls. We had very like the perfect spot because one of the ceiling lights looked like it was a spotlight directly on the middle of their mattress. <laughs> and so they had done a really good job setting it. But as soon as I put those blankets on and they got to color the headboard and stuff together, like it looks like we were walking through some sort of furniture showroom. So um, that they was even had like a day. dog, right? Like they had like yes. pillows and. So it yeah, I so let them cool. stage it however they wanted to. And the girls brought a bunch of stuffed animals and some lamps and some books and things like that to make it look very homey. The guys brought, as you can imagine, absolutely nothing. So the girls let them they borrow the a lamp. But, so. <laughs> the guys had their bedding. That's, that's all they needed. That's, that's what they probably all they have at home too. So yeah. <laughs> if they could have bedding. <laughs> that's right. They could have brought in some dirty clothes to like sprinkle everywhere. That would have made it more realistic. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So. Okay, so who won? Like which group won? So the way it worked, we had three votes. We had a teacher vote, a student vote. And so that happened during school in the lobby there. And so they set them up during lunch. Kids got to get a ticket. They got to drop it in. Uh, the girls were out there like really pushing their products, kind of like forcing their sale more so, which is good. <laughs> you know, training my future egg sales team here. Egg sales, there you go. That's right. And uh, so the girls won both the staff votes. They won the student votes. And then we had a Facebook vote to see who liked like which photo the most. And the girls also won that. And so I they, I voted. That's why yeah. like I'm invested in this project. Perfect. Good. It's, yeah. It's so which one did you vote for? Which one do you like? I don't know if I remember. I think it was probably the girls because I just remember voting for the one that was like all stage really cute. And right. I was like, dang, these kids. Mm -hmm. There you go. So that's really cool. Well, we briefly mentioned um, one modification. So if somebody wanted to modify this, you mentioned dog beds, but what are some other ideas that kind of go with this like competitive theme that chapters and programs could do? Oh yeah, the uh, competitive aspect there, you can put that with really anything. It could be grade level versus grade level. Uh, if you've got just, um, I don't know, multiple groups in general, you can kind of divide them out um, for us as the modifications of making this a more simplistic project like in the future if we wanted a larger impact of more beds then we would not do the dressers and all of that and we would just do more beds to kind of impact that which would also help with the cost of implementing this the skill set needed to build a dresser is much more advanced than it is to build a bed and so you know it's a lot more functionality wise so you know just kind of simplifying it to what your actual skill set is if you really want to build a farmhouse table for a kitchen and you want to donate something out like that, you're more than welcome to do a project like that. Obviously, um, we build in my freshman class usually some toys, wooden toys that get donated out to Toys for Tots. So instead of building like a birdhouse or whatever else like that, we build something that again has a little bit more community purpose and a little bit more driven there. Um, as far as the competitive aspect, there are like a thousand ways. You can just say, hey, you guys, I want you guys to make this competition and they're going to make it their own competition and it's going to be amazing however they decide to divide that out um, school district by school district as far as if you've got a neighboring school could really impact the project as far as hey nearby county or nearby districts we're going to do this project you want to try it out too we'll see who can do the best Wapaton so, against center there you go going down <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool now did you get any grant funding for your project uh, we did not. And so we um, just, we used all FFA money for the very beginning of it. 
And then the donations that we got, like I said, we got some mattresses donated, which really helped out. And then in the future, now that we know that we're successful with it, that was our big thing is that we didn't want to ask for a bunch of money and then flop. So we had not applied for like the living to serve grants or anything like that. I don't know if you guys had, have maybe some yeah. insight on what those can go for, but. Yeah. Brianna, you've, you've received a few living to serve grants. Our dog toy project, um, we got that. And I've received uh, a few in the past for that. Uh, one of my students actually, well, two of them filled out a living to serve grant. So multiple times now that I think about it. So they're not that challenging. And if you are already sitting down and planning your POA with your kids and, and thinking about the goals and the impact and the purpose of the project, it aligns very nicely with the National FFA Living to Serve grant. You can get, it's 400, right, Brianna, every month? Yeah, yeah so the first of every month and you can get it multiple times. You know, you could apply for oh, yeah. it every single month of the year. Yeah, so if you're, if, you know, something comes up in your program and you're like, oh gosh, you know, we could really do a project like this you know, 400, you can stretch $400. Like we made 130 dog toys with that. So, uh, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice chunk of change for minimal work essentially. Cause you already have the work done for you. The project's already planned if you're already having it implemented in your POA. So, uh, if you haven't done them, uh, go on national FA's website, their, their, their grants are good. And they also have semester long grants. Now, I don't know. I know that obviously the first semester grant is done. You'll have to check their website. They're going to have due dates on the second semester, semester long grant. Uh, so check those out. The money, you know, obviously you get more money. But. I think, yeah, it's 1500 and I want to say January 15th, but don't quote me on that. Nikki, we should just link that in, in the show notes as well. Okay. I'll write that down um and yeah. then thinking in the future there's also we got one this year for three thousand for the whole year long mm. that one was like august 15th i think it was due but um if anyone's listening and wants to think about something for next year that's a great option as well also the tractor supply uh grants for growing is it hasn't even has it opened we're saying a lot of things that we don't even know the answers to. Um, <laughs> grants for growing TSC grant. That's it's around this time because I know we always go to national convention and they always have a booth. And so they pass out a thing. That's why every year at this time, I just know that it's about to be open um, because we always got a little flyer. Sad. Um, but we'll, we can link that too. Um, but that's always another grant. Uh, that you can apply to to get some funding to do some projects. Um, I was just going to say too, there might be some in your local community. I know a lot of communities around here in North Dakota, they have like gaming accounts. So like any like oh, yeah. tables and slot machines in, in town and those like gaming accounts, they have to give away a certain amount of money to your community. Yep. So some of those might be something to look into as well if your state has them. Yeah, we have a whole community club group um, and they're amazing to work with. We they run the gaming um, and so they'll, they'll always help FFA out um, when we do projects for them and they, and they kick us back some money. So um, look for those groups in your community. But uh, no, this has been so fun. I Thanks again, Brian, for being here tonight. This was awesome. Uh, those of you listening, uh, check out the link in the show notes for our resources. Brian has shared his 
uh, Battle of the Sexes ba- uh, bedroom build-off national chapter uh, section of his national chapter award. We've also included those links of the grants that we referenced, as well as links to my students' premier chapter of recordings if you're interested to see what that process looked like. Um, thanks again, Brian. Uh, make sure you like Here by the All podcast on Facebook and Instagram, uh, and go and follow us and like and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again.